The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a weekly look at Portland's nonprofits and do gooders with interviews, music, and documentaries. You're listening to the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X Ray FM, brought to you by the Media Institute for Social Change, a public interest media lab that works to inspire, empower, and engage emerging media producers. Learn more online at mediamakingchange.org. I'm Carly Meisberger. On this episode, we bring you a conversation with December Carson Superstar, the artistic director at Siren Nation. This is Phil Bussey. It's the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I am excited to be in the, the station today with December Carson Superstar, who is a founder and board member for Siren Nation. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you. And I, I'm going to, this was, this was off your website, where I'm just going to read the sentence, because really there's a lot packed into it uh, that we can spend the next 20, 30 minutes talking about. So Siren Nation is the only women's collective in the Portland, Vancouver metro area that produces an annual festival showcasing the original work of women working in music, film, performance, and visual arts. Yes, that's true. Okay. So that's that's there's a lot going in there. But first... Before we talk about that, you don't just, it's not just an annual, you just had a Dolly Parton night. We did. We just had our 14th annual Dolly Parton Hoot Night. Um, it's our actually our founding event. Uh, we are a 15-year-old organization, but the Dolly Parton Hoot Night was our first fundraising event that we did to launch Sire Nation as an organization 14 years ago. And, and what happens at a Dolly Parton Hoot Night? Um, so Dolly Parton is probably the most prolific songwriter in the United States. She owns the rights to all her own music. She's uh, an amazing, um, she's an amazing performer. She is an amazing um, fundraiser. She works really, um, she does a lot of amazing work in the community that she grew up in. I think for a lot of artists, she is this sort of... Um, the sort of artists that a lot of women artists, but a lot of artists in general, just really admire. She's a very admirable person, and um, so we 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 chose her as our first tribute night and as our first woman to showcase, um, just because she uh, really is is she just is so powerful. And is, as a woman to own the rights to all of your own music, that's just amazing. And so. Um, it is incredible the variety of musicians that cover her work, and um, and the, and so we put out the call for musicians um, in any genre to perform three Dolly Parton songs, and every year we have between eleven and fourteen different musicians. All the bands are female fronted, and um, it's everything from a solo artist to a seven-piece band and each each artist sings their three favorite dolly songs and it is incredible i, I want to keep talking about dolly pardon for a little bit siren nation is is i want to get there but mm-hmm. but dolly pardon is i mean she's amazing i mean the, the work she does uh with literature mm-hmm. or with with early reading yep. um i believe every kid in tennessee gets a book really from her essentially mm-hmm. that she buys for them um, and, and like you said, that she owns the rights to her music, uh, that she did a movie like Nine to Five, which was, was pretty uh, 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 groundbreaking at the time, and especially coming out of an era when she did. Yep. Um, has she ever acknowledged 
the event? She has not. Not that I know of. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we just still keep honoring her every year, and I don't anticipate that will stop. And there was a, a, a Billie Holiday event as well? There is. That's the, uh, that's the other um, signature event that we do each year is our Billie Holiday tribute night. And that night is different. I always tell people they're wildly different evenings. Um, our our Billie Holiday tribute night really is, we, we do invite all genres, but almost all of the artists choose to perform Billie Holiday in a real strong jazz tradition, their interpretation of her songs, but in a jazz tradition. And it's a, it's a, it's a very loyal Billie Holiday jazz crowd. Um, it's much more, um, I would just say, like serious events. And the musicianship around her music, musicians really... Um, work hard to do justice to her songs. It's a really powerful jazz night. I really love it. And there's a lot of Billie Holiday um, history that's involved in that evening. And um, we, I'm just excited we get some really powerhouse jazz performers for that night. And 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 there's a lot of uh, women uh, musicians to, to choose from. What was the conversation uh, that, that resulted in Billie Holiday being the, the second signature event and the second woman musician to be chosen? Um, you know, I think a lot of our conversation was around, um, you know, Billie Holiday's history. She did not have an easy life. She did not have an easy childhood. And we really looked at her as this woman who had this really difficult upbringing and yet was able to overcome that to create... The, this really powerful art form that she brought forward, and and it's it's just it's they, I would say Dolly Parton and Billie Holiday had incredibly different lives, but they're both these these iconic figures in music and in art, and they both really have had these incredible cultural influences, not just musically, but also, you know, you can see their influences in art and culture everywhere. And so for us, just um, with Billie Holiday, it's just the someone who has such a powerful story and also just was able to really break out and bring that story into her music. And 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 uh, with the success of these two events, is there a potential third? My answer is yes, but I would need someone else to spearhead it. Like for me, these two events are—I take them so seriously, and I put so much into them that for uh, for me to add something like that. But I would I would welcome somebody joining our board who wanted to add another. And who? Which which uh, which musicians would be shortlisted? Do you feel on for that one? Um, you know, the one person that comes up often is Nina Simone. She's probably the one person years and years. Every year somebody brings her up. And, and I would um, love for that to happen. If I if I was a little bit more versed in my Nina Simone history, I would take it on. But I, I really, um, but I would welcome somebody who, who was passionate about it. So let's let's open up the conversation to Siren Nation uh, more more broadly. Uh, so 15 years ago, uh, the Dolly Parton Hoot uh, event night started. Yes. Why? Why? What was what was a need that uh, you saw and and um, your collaborators saw? Why why this this need or this want 
for uh, an event in an organization that presents and showcases original work from women? So at that time, um, I was running my own music booking and marketing agency. Um, and my collaborator, Natalia Kay, um, just came up with this idea. And she said, you know, you and I are these two women working in this very male-dominated industry. And not only are the people that we are colleagues men, but most of the artists that we represent are men. And how can we um, change change that? Change not only bringing more women into to be colleagues, but also how can we push more women to be fronting these huge festivals that we're booking our artists into? And and so that was just the beginning of that conversation. Was how can we change the industry that we ourselves work in? And um, so that that was the seeds of that conversation. And so then we we started having that conversation with women musicians, women artists, women in nonprofits, and um, and so that was sort of the seeds of of where Siren Nation was born. And 15 years ago, we assembled a group of 10 women to to just look at what would that look like. And the 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 great thing is that. That need was really there 15 years ago, and every year we really ask ourselves, are we relevant? Is the work that we're doing relevant? Is the work that we're doing needed? And every year the answer to that is yes, that um, that there are not enough female voices represented in music and in film and in comedy but also behind those scenes in the, you know, the producers of that music and um, the producers of those festivals, there's just not enough women not only leading their bands but in leadership positions. So I just tell people it's um, it's a voice, it's my voice, but it's it's just a voice that needs to be equally represented and we're just working towards that. I think that question of uh, how is Siren Nation and, and more broadly, how is um, representation of women in, in music, film, comedy relevant is is um, interesting, but also interesting. And in how is it relevant? Because certainly uh, there are two major cultural uh, forces right now. I think the, the Me Too movement and then also the, the idea of, of, of binary sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that those would clearly have, not that they, those weren't relevant 15 years ago, but they're certainly mainstream yep. now. So maybe we can talk about that a little bit in terms of how political uh, does Siren Nation get or or, or how much does uh, the Me Too movement play into the conversation or sort of the razor's edge of Siren Nation? Um. So I would say it's always a political conversation. Um, gender's always been politicized. And um, so that that's always there. You know, our, our mission first and foremost is to make sure that the artwork is represented and represented in a, in a way that um, the artists want their work to be seen. So, so we're just always striving to get this work to be seen. So that's, that's our first goal. But then also, you know, we have to look at ourselves and that conversation has happened. The landscapes change, you know, how does the Me Too movement affect us? I mean, it affects 
all of the women involved in Siren Nation in some way or another because we've all had our own Me Too moments. And so sometimes our board meetings will just be about that. You know, when when the Me Too movement came forward, we had those conversations. You know, how has this affected your work? How has this affected, um, you know, not only the work you produce, but the spaces that you choose to work in? And one thing that we have been told over and over again by the artists that perform with us is that Siren Nation has some of the most welcoming audiences for our performers. And I say that because we we really strive to have new artists performing with seasoned artists, whether that's visual art or comedy or music. So we will often have a comedian that's performing for the first time or a musician that's performing for the first time with a veteran. And I always say to that new artist, just know that this audience wants to love you. And especially for women comedians, um, it's a difficult space, whether you're LGBTQ or trans or non-binary. Working in comedy, comedy is not the easiest space to be working in. And you see that on Twitter, you see that in the audience. But I think our audiences really are rooting for these artists to succeed. Um, within Siren Nation, we have really changed the way that we talk about our artists. Um, you know, we've always been LGBTQ allies, and now within our statements, we we welcome, you know, transgender and non-binary affiliated. Like it's um, that's the space that we are are moving towards. So Siren Nation is presenting musicians, filmmakers, performance art, visual art, comedians. Comedy is really tricky, especially, I think, uh, in, in the context of some of the uh, conversations that are happening now. There's there's a number of tripwires. Do you provide any parameters, any screening for uh, content that, that will be there with the, with the, um, with the ear towards... Is this going to offend the audience? So for each of the events at Siren Nation, we always have what I call a curator, someone on our board that really takes control of that. And um, I really empower those people to do that. Um, For a while, Amy Miller was our uh, comic curator, and she, I think, curated our first five comedy events. And, you know, Amy's a very powerful woman, and I give her a lot of leeway into the artists that she chooses. I think, you know, her big big barometer, you know, in terms of, of, of selecting, you know, is obviously no hate speech, um, you know, no, like, so... A lot of that, I I think there's a lot of self-deprecation that's involved with comedy, and I think that that's part of it. Is you know you 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 make your audience uncomfortable by either making fun of yourself or or, or of society. But you know I think that um I, I think that the vetting really is around you know no intolerance and no hate speech. And if if you know we've had transgender comedians who 
talk about what that's like to be a comic in that space and be transgender. And sometimes, you know, they're talking about what their own life is like, and that can make a lot of people uncomfortable. But that doesn't mean it's not real and it's not truthful and that it shouldn't be spoken. Um, So the discomfort level has never been a problem for us, um, whether it's in film or in visual art or music. But it's really, you know, we do draw that line with hate speech and racism and we do vet for those things. December Carson Superstar is the founder and board member for Siren Nation, which, among other events, produces an annual festival showcasing the original work of women working in music, film, performance, visual arts, comedy. Uh, One more question before we take a musical break. Is the event more about um, creating a stage where people can express themselves, or is it more about creating the product that is going to... uh, communicate or add to a dialogue does that question make sense Mm, i'm not sure i i'll I'll answer it in the best way that i know so first and foremost everybody involved in siren nation knows that we put the artists forward first so it really is about exposing the artists that we are working with to a larger audience than they would normally have. So it's not about me and it's not about the board members. And in a lot of ways, it's not really about Siren Nation, even as an organization. So every year it's about the artists that are involved in our events and giving them the largest platform that we can to express themselves and showcase their work. And it's our hope that by participating in Siren Nation events that these artists will gain a larger audience. And that has happened to many of the artists that we've worked with, that that they've gone on to much larger things. And, and we're lucky that many of them still come back and perform with us. But um, if that makes sense, it's really for us about giving artists the largest platform they can to showcase their work. And 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 speaking of, we're gonna we're gonna pull an example. This is from a recording from Wonder Ballroom. Yep, in two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. So one one of the first. One of the first. And this um, song that we're gonna listen to is by Mira, who um, has been a longtime Siren Nation supporter. And she was one of the first artists that we ever showcased at our festival. And this is a live song that she did for us called Apples in the Trees. There should be no hesitation when the coast is clear. You got a right to slide right into a place when the end is almost here. So you think you got some rotten deal? What a way to compromise. It's a long, long wait before you get to claim that final prize. Well, looking at that sorry face, I can If you keep on looking up at night, the stars will all appear. See, there's food for me, there's food for you, there's gold that's in the air. There's oceans deep and wide, and there 
apples and trees Let's take all that we need We know what we believe There's hope for you and me My eyes can almost see That if you fight until you're free You don't have to wait Until you die 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 you don't have to wait until you die. You don't have to wait until you die. This is the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I am Phil Bussey. I'm joined in the studio today with December Carson Superstar, who is a founder and board member for Siren Nation. I want to talk a little bit about um, how you are approaching or how you became involved or your philosophy with Siren Nation. So did, did you have uh, artist heroes growing up? Um, I did. You know, I, I've had a lot of musical heroes, I guess. Um, one question that people ask me a lot is, do I play music? And I do not. Um, I entered the music and art world as a journalist and as a writer. Um, and I just found that in the 90s in Portland, there wasn't a lot of people that were working with artists and in that way. And artists really need people to write their bio, create press kits for them. And that write press releases and that's kind of how I started um but for me I I have always I have a real fondness for traditional music and artists like Iris Dements are really just always really spoke to me in that real um just real honest um songwriting you know I'm a big Lucinda Williams fan and um and I just I, I entered my kind of musical journey in that folk music world and I um it's 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 very it's it's lended itself to me and been a real powerful ally for me in my work is just going back to that truth and storytelling which is another reason I'm a big Dolly Parton fan it's when you dig a little deeper that honesty and in those lyrics are real powerful and let's talk a little bit about the organization because we are the nonprofit happy hour. We talk about the nonprofits and how they work. So this is uh, paid staff or this is all volunteer. We are an all volunteer 501c3. No one on our staff is paid. And and um, how many board members? How many? How how do people? How do get people uh, get brought into the organization? So we our our board varies um, anytime from five to twelve. Um, we're sort of in the middle of that right now, and we um, just did a big push to bring in new board and committee members. Um, so we are looking, always looking, for new board members, new committee members, especially in the areas of we are expanding our free workshops for artists. Um, th that is part of the festival. We do an entire day of free workshops that are that are open to artists, everything from podcasting 
to um, how to blow up your Etsy site, um, how to get representation as a songwriter. So that's that's one area. And then, um, you know, we also produce one of the largest uh, all women, women identified uh, art shows on the West Coast. And that's another area where we're always looking for people to get involved um, because we're looking for curators, people to really um, we have a committee that that does a call for art and bring um, the juries that art. So um, the best way would be um, people can email info at sirenation.org just with their interest in joining and, and we can always find a place for people. Um, wonderful. And o- o- over the 15 years, have you seen changes in terms of how, how the pie is divided up in terms of music, visual arts, comedy? Has, has, has one become more popular of, of a section of uh, what, what, you, what, what is attracted to Siren Nation or, or what the festival presents? Has that changed? Yeah, it changes, I would say, every few years. Um, when we first started, it was almost exclusively music. And then we added in film and visual art. Um, and now we're sort of shifting also, you know, more towards comedy. And there's a big push right now on the board to bring in more performance art. So that's an area where we would really like to expand is um, in all of the performing arts. We've never really presented um, a dance performance or anything like that. So that's an area that we're moving towards. And and, and what about themes? Um, I, I would imagine that those are, are obviously ever shifting as well. Um, when you started, we are in the, uh, I mean, on the federal level, we are in the Bush administration, same-sex marriage had just been legalized and then and then constitutionally banned. Uh, um, you know, and then there's uh, we're we're in a very different political uh, legal spot right now and, and cultural spot. Is is the messaging I, I imagine rides that as well? It does. You know, I noticed that everything I. Having been doing this for 15 years, one thing I have noticed is that there are cycles. And when politics shifts further towards the right and further away from what I would being really arts friendly, we've had arts friendly administrations before, but when it when we move away from that, I've noticed that um, there's a real big shift of people wanting to get back involved in the arts and they really want to um, put time and energy and and use art as this statement of sort of like we're still here we're still making art and so I've noticed that that's like right now there's a big movement towards that and we have a lot more people wanting to get involved which I'm excited about because um a lot more younger people are getting involved and they're getting involved in ways that um, we, like I said, we're, we're, we're always changing and always adapting. And it's nice for us to be working with artists um, in that non-binary space. It's, it's a new space for me, but I love it. And I really welcome that those artists and that artwork to be a part of Sire Nation. I feel like it's, um, it's what's moving us into our next phase. 
December Carson Superstar is founder and board member for Siren Nation. Um, their their big event, uh, their big festival is, is in November. Uh, in the meantime, I encourage people to check out uh, some of the other events and some of the other ways to plug in between now and then. And we're going to go out with a song that, uh, that, that, that also was from the 2007. Is that correct? Yep. It's from our 2007 uh, festival, and it's on our live compilation. This um, song is by Liv Warfield. It's a really powerful song that she just talks about taking control over her life and her career, and it's called I Decided. And and she does a job of setting up the song and, and yep. the context. She does. We will take a listen to that, and thank you for listening to the Nonprofit Happy Hour. How y'all doing? All right. I love that we can celebrate women up in this piece. I love being it. For show. The song is called I Decided. See, this song is very serious because I wrote it when I was a time when somebody was being very abusive, hurting my feelings, put me down, verbal abuse, whatever it is, any form. A lady should be respected at all times. But my thing is, is you can still love that person and leave. Be classy with it and leave. And everything will work out. Nonprofit Happy Hour is made possible by Beneficial State Bank, a certified B Corps that holds to what it calls a triple bottom line of social justice, environmental well-being, and economic sustainability. If your organization or business is interested in underwriting our show, please email phil at mediamakingchange.org. The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a production of the Media Institute for Social Change and KXRY Radio, X-Ray FM. Our host is Phil Bussey. Our executive producer and editor is me, Carly Meisberger. Archives of past shows can be found on our SoundCloud page. Questions, comments, or ideas about the show can be sent to info at mediamakingchange.org. Thanks for tuning in. I don't know what I'm here for, I decided.